Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. So we're going to continue talking about pain, right? Because it, it's something cool. I, I, I really felt that, let me see eyes. How many remember the let me, the let me see eyes? I felt it really even transli- just flowed into the pain part. Because at the same time, it's seeing different. It's seeing into God's eyes. And in Hub, for those who haven't been at Hub, we just went over that again of let me see your eyes and how it, it just... It just screams out like God is just talking to us in a series to just get us to wake up is the way I want to see it. It went from look into my eyes. It was an invitation from God to look into his eyes. And then now he's like, let's talk about your pain. That's the way the way it is. God wants to talk about your pain. God, let's acknowledge your pain and let's have a revelation of why you have that pain. Right? So what if I ask you today, I was going to say, what if your pain has been protecting you all this time? Oh, yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're going to see pain a little different today, right? So what if your pain has been protecting you all this time? Doesn't make any sense when you first hear it. What if that very pain is never meant to fade yet make you walk different for the rest of this life? It sounds hurt. It sounds permanent. It sounds long. But this life is short. Okay? What if when it comes to pain, we all have been deceived in some way, causing us to look at our pain totally wrong? This is why it's hard to swallow that last one because it, 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 it speaks to our arrogance a little bit that we know it all. Do we still have the teenager mentality here, all of us? Do we have a teenager? Right? You're 13 and you know it all. So now you're 20 and you know it all. Now you're 30. No, I know it all. No, you're 40. Now I know it all. I'm 50 and so on. And you know it all. Because I've lived it. Más sabe diablo por viejo que por diablo. Right? Yeah, Hispanics know what I'm talking about. And everybody's laughing. Wrong. You don't know it all. What have you been deceived? It's hard to swallow that part. Why do I say that? Because what has been our perception of pain? What are some perceptions of, of, of pain that we have all experienced or maybe even thought at some po- moment in our life? Okay. You want it to go away fast. Okay, so quick. Oh, that's, that's today's generation, the fast food generation, right? right? I wait at Chick-fil-A for more than 15 minutes. I'm already like, what's going on here? So imagine with my, imagine with my pain, like, let's go, get it over with God. God, I learned my lesson already. A lesson. Oh, there's another one. It has to be a lesson behind my pain. Okay. And, and see, well, good one. See how that floats a lesson? That's really good. Anybody have anything, anything else? Huh? A trial? Denial. Oh, denial is good too. Well, that's a good one. Denial, yeah, yeah, for sure. Denial is a good one. Wow. I did not have any of these in my notes for that. So I love this. Anything else? Unfair? I had that one. Oh, my God. That was probably, I had that one. And because I, I even put quote, uh, cursed. Oh, my God, I'm cursed because this keeps happening to me. How about that? How about punishment? Why is God punishing me? We've all said it. And if you didn't say it, you thought it. And if you say now, never me, you're in the right place because then you're lying. How about bad luck? Oh, I'm sorry. We're Christians. We're not supposed to be in love, right? Oh, man, that joke landed so bad. I had it as a joke. I'm a Christian. I don't believe in luck. Well, I played baseball, and I was very superstitious that if I didn't put my socks up a certain way, I wouldn't get a hit. So I believed in luck. Superstitious. But about abandonment, this is happening to me because I abandoned what God has called me to do. Oof. Or I feel abandoned by God. How about that one? Oh, man. Yeah, pain, right? Pain. It's painful to say it. Pain. How about because I'm disobedient? Right? Or 
this is just normal. It's what happens to me. Pain. And then that's where I went with the one where Mercy said. But I feel that last week we scratched the surface on Job. Right? And we, and we hear a lot about Job. But then as pastor was speaking, uh, two things stood out to me about, about Job last week. And one was in Job 1.8. It says that God spoke highly of Job. To who? To Satan. And to me, do we have it up, Rudy? Do we have it? It says, then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man. One who fears God. Remember that one, okay? One who fears God and shuns evil. God thought really highly of Job. To the point that I want that. Think about this. Satan, the accuser, is coming all around the earth. And he's, he, like how pastor said last week, he was, he was bored of just doing destruction on earth. And God said, hey, have you thought about Job? And look how highly he spoke of Job. So what for one second right now, just think about this. Just, just going to blow your mind. What if your pain is because God saw, thought so highly of you that he told Satan, why not them? See, because automatically you think, wow, this pain is unfair. This is not what I want to bear. This is hard. But what if God thought so highly of you and your weakness that you say, I can't do this. They said, no, 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 no. Have you thought about so-and-so? Different, huh? Different how we look at our pain. Let me see your eyes. It starts seeing a little bit different. Number two, the let me see your eyes portion is towards the end of it. And I'm going to read it from the NLT version, which is on Job 42, 2 through 6. And this is after everything. So we learned that during the second half of his life, Job got blessed more than the first. But we also learned that the pain never went away. Why? Because he lost all his kids. Yeah, he got new children. But the pain of the old children leaving, you, nobody can forget that. That pain was him for the rest of his life. And it's funny. I'm pretty sure if you ask Job, hey, we'll take all that money away, but you have your kids back. He'll be like, here, take all this because this means nothing, right? But it's funny on the worldly side of it, we can read it be like, oh, but he got his all his money back and more. He got, remember Angel were saying, what's an oxen? I mean, uh, um, a yoke of an oxen. And we had to look at it like two. So he got double of that, 4,000 we said, right? That means nothing. The pain was still there. What if, what if it was, let me take that pain away. But what if that pain was meant to speak to something bigger, something more powerful, something more that thousands of years later we're learning about how that man carried his pain and said, man, can God speak that highly of me and let me carry my pain the same way? Those are the things that stuck out to me. So it goes, this is, this is Job speaking afterwards to God. I know that you can do anything, okay, and that no one can stop you. You asked who is, that question, who is that that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? I felt God has asked me that question millions of times, right? How can you question my wisdom with such ignorance? Ready? This is where we learn scripture. His ways are not my ways, right? We've all heard that one. Definitely. Definitely I'm living in ignorance. Because I, I don't want to say constantly. But a lot of times I question God, why is this happening this certain way and not this way? Because if I'm the author of my life, I can do a lot of ways that I don't have pain. Eli's like, yeah. Eli, I'll put that I won the lottery, right? Because money solves everything. It does. Money solves everything. Everybody who has money seems happy, right? <laughs> no. Let me put no because here it makes sense because you guys see the sarcasm. But in the, in, in the cloud, we're listening like, oh, my God, they just preach falseness there. No, no, that's not what I meant. I'm, I'm saying the opposite of it. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. It is I, this is God talking, and I was talking about the, no, oh, this is where he's declaring, Job. It is I. I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. I just lost all his children. Pain. Okay. Health stripped. 
pain. Panic attack with his mind because he has nothing. He's stripped of literally nothing. To the point that his wife was even, why don't you curse God and die, Job? To the Mendo support system. <laughs> and we're going to get to his friends. But let's start with his wife. His half. Hey, just curse God and die, angel. Just do it. Just, yeah, that's it. Like, that's rough to swallow, dude. Okay, sorry. I don't know. You said, listen and I will speak. I have some questions for you. Boy, if God tells you straight up, listen and I will speak. I have some questions for you. You won't even be able to answer that. Because you're going to go back to your ways were way more wonderful to me than I could have ever thought. But we're arrogant. We think we know it all. We think our pain is something that we should be like, ah, we just, we're not looking at our pain right. Okay. I, this is where Job says this. This is another one. I only heard about you before. But yet God before said he's an honorable man who loves and serves God. But to that moment, Job only heard of him before, right? But he says, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. Ooh, I take back everything I said, and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. This is where I wrote no thank you to Job's wife and friends. Thank God Alex is not like that. Job's friends are not able to endure the mystery of his sufferings. So they jump to conclusions about his source. And this is why I want to bring up Job's friends. Because when it comes to our pain, I really believe that something that inhibits me and others to embrace that pain is this fear of getting judged. Of why you're going through pain. Can we be real with that? How do I know that? Because I do care what people think of me. As much as I try to put a front and be like, I don't care. No, 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 I do care. Because <laughs> when I'm in my alone time driving or whatever, this thing doesn't shut off. And I think, man, I'm getting judged. This person's going to think of me of this. this is, and, and you think at the end, what do they care? They don't even pay your bills. You shouldn't care. But something about us cares about being wanting to be accepted. About wanting to fit in. We care. We care what others think about. If not, this morning you would have gotten up and literally not cared if you're matching your clothes or not. You would have been like, whatever, I'm not brushing my teeth today because I don't care. <laughs> no, no, you do care about your teeth. Sorry. Okay, okay. Okay. So let's talk about Job's friends because I think we've all had this fear of this. So the first of the three, let's call them E because I'm going to butcher the names. So E acknowledges that Job has been a Ready? Job has been a source of strength to others. So he acknowledged, Eli, I know you've been a strength to me, man. You've been my brother. You've, 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 you've gotten me through these trials. You've been a great Christian. But, ready? The judging part. He, they're Christian. Why is that happening to them? Ready? Oh, right? Okay, okay. But then he turns and puts the blame for Job's suffering squarely on Job himself. He goes, remember now. Who has ever perished being innocent? Or where were the upright ever cut off? Even as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. That's Job uh, 4, 7 through 8. So if you do bad and you're in bad, you're going to get bad. You get what you get. You get what you, what you, you get what you sow. You reap what you sow. Thank you. You reap what you sow. But we know that's not true because we've even, a couple weeks ago, we said pastor was preaching on the man that was born blind. And then the question was asked, is this because his parents sin or is it because of his, his sin? Which is weird because how can they be blaming him in the womb for sinning? Whatever. I didn't get that one either. But God says, no, that's for nothing. It's for my glory. And it's for others to see his pain and live through his pain. And then also guess what? Be resurrected in that as well and live in that. It's funny how we read these stories and their victories and they become our victories. So Jeb, you, you, you think it will be done at Job's first friend. No, we got a great more support group, the second friend. So the second friend, we're going to call him B as, as in boy. He says, 
much about the same. You see, you see, he goes in Job 8.20, says, See, God will not reject a blameless person, nor take the hand of evildoers. God won't reject a good person. And he won't take a hand of a bad guy, of a sinner. We just learned last week that what? The sun rises on who? The just and unjust. Just the same. So let's go to the third friend. We're going to call him Z. Z for Zophar. See? I got it right. Zophar. That's the only one I can pronounce right, so I wanted to go with it. If iniquity is in your hand, put it far away. Do not let wickedness reside in your tents. Surely then you will lift up your face without blemish and you will be secure and you will not fear. And your life will be brighter than noonday. Job 11, 14 and 15 through 17. So if you're sinning, stop, Job. Stop, just stop. And everything's going to get so much better for you. Yeah, that's what it is. But this is funny because they're just judging what they're seeing. But they're not seeing with their right eyes. They're not understanding what Job's punish, um, pain is yet. Because all I hear is that Job hasn't even had a chance to express that pain. To give glory in that pain. All he's been doing has been staying quiet. Because if you notice at that moment, he hadn't got, which you can also give him a little bit of leeway when he starts questioning God afterwards. Because if you have this support system that's telling you curse and die and it's your fault because you're a sinner because you're this, you're that, you're, what, what, what can happen? You can start to believe those things. But his pain had a bigger purpose. But I feel that as Christians, we can do that to one another too. Right? And I wrote this. I go, it would be foolish to imagine that we would never do the same. And I want to say foolish because how much harm have well-intentioned Christians caused by giving comforting answers to pain? Even though we have no idea what we're talking about. Ready? It's all for the best. It sounds good to hear that when you're in pain, right? It's all for the best, brother. It's all for the best. How about this? It's God's plan. My favorite one, I told Omar this one this morning. This is my favorite one. God never gives people more than they can handle. Lies. I'll tell you right now, that's a lie. God will definitely give you more than what you can handle. Oh, and a hundredfold to the point that you say, kill me, please. To the point that you're like um, Elijah hiding in a cave saying, I wish I just would have died when Jezebel came out. How do I know that? Because his word says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The arrogance is that we think that that lies through us. So guess what? God will give you things that you can't handle on purpose to show the other person who cannot handle that pain as well. That if you confide in him and give that pain to him and glorify him in that pain and walk with that pain, his yoke his weight of that pain becomes lighter on you. So how do we explain to those individuals that are going through pain right now? Pain that it's hard. I'm not talking about just, oh, I lost my job. I've been there. It sucks. It's hard. How are you going to pay the bills? I get the anguish. How about the one that somebody has terminal cancer? How about the one that their son Two years old, um, we're praying for them. The kid might have leukemia. How is that fair? What can you tell that parent? Think, let's, let's, talk, let, let's talk real life issues now. Somebody who did nothing and the woman, the wrong place, wrong time, that got that, that, that disaligned and she gets raped. How is that fair? How can you tell that woman, oh, no, you're going to be okay? How is that going to come out from you? Sometimes it's better just to stay in silence and just be there. And be present. Because that will speak louder than words. Because guess what? You don't even have the answer. Because when I ask you, why is your pain happening? You might not even give me the correct answer why you're even in pain. So how are we going to counsel somebody in their pain now saying, this is happening to you because of this. Stop judging in that. Be present. Be a pillar in that person's life. I'm going to take the silence as good. And I'm going to take a sip. Because we're all, we're all thinking about that. Is why, 
I should have said pray for me because it's going to be hard to say these things. So I go, how arrogant to imagine that we know God's plan. How foolish to think that we know the reason for anyone else's pain. We don't even know the reason for our own pain. It would be more truthful and far more helpful to admit, I don't know why this is happening to you. No one should ever have to go through this. If we can do this and then remain present, we become an agent of God's compassion. We become friends. We become a church. We become a family. We don't quit on one another. I don't have the answer for you and that's okay, but I'm going to stick with you and I'm going to pray with you. And your pain will help somebody else in their pain because your pain is not in vain. That's not the title of today's word anyway, but I just liked it. So your pain we know is not necessarily because you sinned or you took a detour. When you were called to go straight, it can't be those things. Only God knows that one. Your, your pain might just be for your protection and because God thinks so highly of you. Your pain can and will give others hope in their pain and in their story. But only if we learn to accept it and embrace it. Walk in your pain. If we don't embrace our pain, it's a burden. And when somebody else is looking at it, their words are not going to be like, wow, they're so full of joy is what? Pobrecito, pobrecita. Poor them. They're calling you poor. They're speaking poor into you because you're not embracing your pain. Easier said than done. Am I right? But we have to start looking at our pain with a different set of eyes. We, start, we need to start seeing our pain and speaking into our pain that is not a curse. That our pain has been for our protection this whole time. How do I know that? You can only get oil from an olive if you crush it. Oil is symbolic for anointing. And when you're getting anointed, drenched by oil, it's pretty hard to breathe. So I'm crushing you. Then I'm going to pour oil all over you. It's hard to breathe in that moment. Yet after being crushed, then drenched completely in oil... There's a glow about you along the lines of my pain was for his glory. But we can't say that before. His grace makes me shine. So we, Tito's been talking about wineskins in worship for a long time. And something I learned about wineskins, the reason why you can't put new wine into wineskins, old wineskins, is because it needs to be conditioned. It's, it's the, the, the skin of the wine of the goat is not going to hold up. It needs to be conditioned, softened, because it's too hard to be able to pour new wine. And I love it because it also says God pours new wine into you. But yet we know the wine of value is the old wine. So what does that mean? He's pouring something new in you to let it continue to grow so one day it has a lot of value. But we want everything now. So the pain that he's pouring into you now it might look like it has no value, but once we walk and embrace that pain and get to the point that it's a mature wine and mature skin, priceless. It was worth it. Got to look at pain in a different set of eyes. We got to understand pain is different. Everybody say, a lot like Jacob. For the podcast, that was like 300 people that said it at the same time. It's a packed house today. I got Angel to the right here in the altar on top of me. It's, it's great. Sorry, brother, for the closeness. When Pastor Rigo's not here, everybody shows up. I love this. It's great. Because they're like, oh, the preacher will be done by 11.15. Sorry, it's 11.17. I'll get you out, guys, in two minutes. I promise. A lot like Jacob. So this is where we get to, like, the meat and potatoes of, of, of today where we're, gonna, where we're sharing on. And it's it's... It's, I, I feel that we're all a lot like Jacob. Why? So I'm just going to give some things of a highlight of Jacob before the name change, right? Because Jacob got his name changed later, but before he was Jacob, 
Did you guys know Jacob was a twin? Yeah, that's okay if you didn't know. Jacob was a twin. But this is where I found so cool too. Jacob was a twin, but in his mom's belly, he was wrestling with his brother Esau. To the point that his mom goes, man, something doesn't feel right in here. And the doctor says, no, no, you're, you're, you're fine. And she goes, no, 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 I'm not fine. And it's funny, we know in our lives when something's not fine. So the quick doctor visit says you're fine, but we say inside spirit, you know, something's not right. Something's not fine. So she goes to the Lord and says, man, there's a fight going inside your belly right now. And it's going to be that the, younger, the, the older brother is going to serve the younger brother. So think about that. Jacob, before he's even born, he's already wrestling in the womb. We wrestle with God with our pain or with our calling. Esau was born and Jacob came out second, grasping his heel. Think about how that cool that is. So, the, okay, he's the first baby. You're excited. And what is he? Oh, my God, it's a hand coming out and it's holding up the heel. So, of course, because, you know, parents think about names for nine months before we name them. They go, let's call him Jacob. It means holding the other one's heel. It makes total sense. Esau was called Esau because he's reddish and he had, he, he, that's, that's what it means. Reddish. So it's kind of cool. He comes out holding his brother's heel. So he was wrestling in the womb with his brother. His brother beat him to the punch, came out first, but he was holding up his heel. I wonder if his mother at that moment forgot what was told to her by the Lord that the older will serve the younger one. I don't know. I don't have that answer. Just Because sometimes God speaks to us and we forget. That's why I, I bring that up. So then this is where also I started thinking about Jacob. So Jacob got a name because he was holding the heel. But also he got also a different, he gave his name a different meaning. And people called him the deceiver as well. Yeah, we know his name means holding the heel. Why? Because he tricked people. Who? His brother. We, many of us heard the story of that his brother sold his birthright for what? For soup. Okay. Think about it for a second. It must have been good soup. It had to be. It was stew. Yeah, it was stew. It, it was. It, it was. Tremenda compota. Right? Malanga. It had calabaza. You know, it had, it, had, it, had, it had the good stuff there. But this is where I also learned that Jacob was the whole time was in the tents doing the job that the women really do. And Esau was out in the field. Hunting, because sur sur supplying the food and the game for the family. So then we also learned that Esau's dad, Esau, had, Esau and Jacob had daddy issues. How do I know that too? Because they have favoritism that even went down to him, that he learned how to parent that way. But that's a different story, a different day, a different Sunday, a different everything. But it got to a point that Isaac favored Esau and Rebecca favored Jacob. Why? I asked Alex that question. She goes, because, honey, he's been the tense with her the whole time. I mean, niño. <laughs> he had, he was lampiño with no hair. You know, he looked, he, he, he was different than his brother. He was more, I don't want to say the word feminine, but he was softer. In today's day, we'll call him soft. Is that fair? Is that a fair assessment? He was soft. Right? Because he's never worked a day in his life. He wasn't hunting. He didn't know what that was about. To the point that. He's called the deceiver. We know he had the issues. But then he didn't just get the birthright, which I think tremendo negotiator, because he had, he had that ready. Like, my brother's going to come back hungry, and I have this planned already. I'm going to get what I want in life. I'm going to sell this to him for his birthright. And his brother didn't even put anything, you know, I'm starving. I'm about to die of hunger. How many said we're dying of hunger? Which here we don't know what dying of hunger is, but I'm pretty sure he was dying of hunger. And he sold his birthright, which... Guess what he probably thought? It's my brother. He's not really taking my birthright. And he sold it. But Jacob's saying, like, no, 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 no. This is official. No tradebacks. No tradebacks. You traded it. It's mine. Done. Deceiver. Trickster. Just like that. But then it gets even better because now Isaac is getting very old. He's blind. He's about to pass away. And what's the custom now is the blessing. Yeah, mercy. That's right. The blessing is coming. 
But what's this deal about the, about the birthright? In three simple things, it means that your leadership in worship and as head of the family for that tribe. That's a big responsibility. But I think Jacob coming out second just wanted the glory. Because guess what? My brother has that. I can't have that. I covet that. I want that. I want it. So what if you design your whole life the whole time? You say, no, I want this because I see that it's good. Because your brother and your sister had it and they look successful in life. You do whatever it takes to get there. Now your pain is different. Because your pain now became not the one that God gave you, but because the one that you ordained because you thought saw it fit to be good. I've been there. Thank God that God has fixed my mistakes. But they've been painful. How do I know that? I've been so broken hearted that I fell into depression. Yeah. But yet God gave me the most beautiful woman that I needed. That was perfect for my soul. But thank God he didn't let me do the mistakes before. That was pain. God has mercy. God corrected Jacob, but it came at a cost. Okay? All right. I know I have everybody's attention because everybody's looking. This is, this, this is good. We're all in the zone. We're all in the zone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, let's get all churchy. Hallelujah. Amanda, Amanda's clapping somewhere. I feel it. You're here, spirit brother. Also, the birthright brought a double portion of the family inheritance. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. It brought a double portion of the inheritance. It also brought the right, this is the, but this is the, the most important one of it. It brought the right to the covenant blessings from God. Promised to Abraham, then went to Jacob, and went to um, Isaac, and then went to Jacob. So this birthright cost a lot. And Esau sold it for a bowl of soup. So you would think it would just end there. That's how he successfully, after he successfully got what he wanted, right? That's what he wanted. No. So the, the mom, Rebecca, helps him now deceive the dad to get the official blessing that we said. To the point that, remember, they don't look nothing alike, but Isaac's already old and he's blind. He's in his deathbed. So Rebecca puts on, like, fake fur. To, to, so, when, so when Isaac goes to touch and be like, man, it feels like Esau. And the deal was, he told Esau, please go get my favorite food before I, I pass away and then I'll give you my blessing. Rebecca overhears that and guess what? She had the, the food ready. <laughs> Jacob, come before your brother comes back, let's steal this. So think about this. I started saying, that's her other son. She's willing to, st I guess she didn't like her firstborn. <laughs> Who needs therapy? Look at the family issues. Let's get real. They had family issues. But we think their life was perfect because their names are in the Bible and they accomplished so much. They had so much pain. They had family pain. They had daddy and mommy issue pain. They had favoritism pain. They were fighting about money. They were fighting about legacy. They were fighting about everything. But after he successfully got what he wanted, right, the so-called blessing that he thought he received became his pain. How do I know that? Because right afterwards it says that he got scared of his brother's wrath. Why would he get scared of his brother's wrath if what he did was good? He knew he did wrong. So what's the, in, in those times, even though we'll probably say now, what's, what's the next saying? My brother's going to kill me. And in his case, his brother was literally going to kill him. So what, what do we do when we're in fear? Let's run. But this is best, ready? Not, is only he going to be like, mom, dad, I'm going to run. The mom encourages it. Yes, yeah, son, it's for your best. Run. That's a good one. And his father also recommended it. So now he's kicked out of home. He leaves, he leaves home and he goes to a land that he knows nothing about. He goes away from home. That's what I like to say. It. He ran away from home. To a land that's foreign to him. A land he was never supposed to be at. So it's funny because this is where I feel that it's, it's so cool how his life gets flipped upside down. And now he sees this woman. He's like, oh. 
She's the one. Love, literally love at first sight. To the point that he goes and he, he negotiates a, a bright price, right? And he goes, I'll work for seven years. This guy's never worked a day in his life. Now he's like, I want to work for her. <laughs> this physical labor. I was like, man, that's a good bright price. Seven years of physical labor? That's great. So you would think the terms are agreed. Let's do this. He, they have the wedding and the party. He goes, whatever. He wakes up the next day. It wasn't her. It was her sister. He got, yeah, he got deceived. The deceiver got deceived. Yeah, I know. Someone's saying it's like, what goes around comes around. Thou might not say that. No, no, no. But think about that for a second. What goes around comes around. So what, what was his identity came back to bite him. What he thought was successful in his life was came to bite him now. He was so good at tricking and negotiating and doing that, it came back to bite him. So, of course, he does the most logical thing. He negotiates for another seven years. I mean, no, 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 no. What I really wanted was her. I love her. I want her. Okay. Just seven more years. So 14 years came by, then six years has passed by. So for 20 years, pretty much, he was away from home, right? He built his family. You can say that God blessed him in that. Think about it. Even though he was out of what he, home, where he was supposed to be, and he did things the wrong way in his pain, God still blessed him. Because in the day, he did grow a family. He did get sons and daughters. He did grow from there. So God still blessed him. To the point that it says that he got flock and stuff. And he goes, you know what? I'm going to go back to, I want to go back home. Because we know when we're in a foreign land, we shouldn't be there. We're going to show, it comes to a point you're like, I'd rather go home and just deal with the consequences. But in this situation, he knew that his consequences, pain was what? He could die. So he did some, some, some cool things. They're like, okay, I'm going to strategize. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to separate this caravan. You wife that I probably don't love so much, go together over here. And you go over here. And we're going to do this. But Jacob stayed back. And that's really cool. And that's where we're going to get to. Jacob stayed back. And when Jacob was left alone, this is where uh, Genesis 32, 24 to 29, we're going to read. This is, this is, this is it. So if you ignore the, the beginning, this, this, is, this, this is it. Jacob was left alone and wrestled with a man until daybreak. That's a long wrestling match. Long wrestling match. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip socket as they wrestled and dislocated his hip. Painful. Painful. Then he said to Jacob, let me go. For it's daybreak. Think about that. They've been wrestling the whole night. Roman Greco, whatever you want to call it. They weren't, they, they were just locking there to the point that guy goes, hip dislocated. And Jacob still didn't let go. Me, I stub my toe across the bed. What happens? Ah, I'm letting go. Now his hip is let go. He still did not let go. But Jacob said, I will not let you go. Unless you, wow, unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked. Jacob, he replied. You will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel because you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. God gave him a new name. In his pain, God gave him a new name. So, have you been wrestling with God? I have wrestled with God night and day too. I have. Asking for a fresh vision of who he is and what he wants for my life. To take this pain from my life because he promised I would never see it again. God told me that as clear. Clearly. You, he goes to me, you will never see those Egyptians again to your pain. You won't see it again. And I wrote that down and I'm like, this is my, ver God told me. People that don't understand will think I'm crazy that God spoke to, to me. Yeah, God spoke to me. He told me I will not see that pain anymore. But you know what happened this week? He told me, you might not see it, but you'll still feel it. Yeah. And I said, wow. I was looking at it all wrong. 
you're right, I'm not going to go through it again, but the pain that I went through is still going to be here, and I'm still going to feel it. It's different. And I thought it was beautiful. My pain has caused me to lose many nights of sleeps, nights spent wrestling with God in prayer, I have. I beg God to give me clarity because I know that God is the author of peace and not confusion. I know, I know truth. I spent countless hours crying, seeking God's face, and also running away from God's face, if I'm going to be honest. I have. Because I feel crushed. But then I remember the oil. I got to be crushed for the oil to come out, for the anointing to come out, for the glory to come out. The stages. But I like to go from here all the way to here. Because it feels a lot easier to do a straight line than to do this. Crushing, get back up, crushing, get back up, crushing, back up, back up. But here's the whole thing. This whole time, I've learned that in my crushing and in my oil, I'm starting to see God's eyes. Not because somebody else told me, but because I've been seeking it. So I started thinking even more. We're all in this room, in this warehouse right now, because some, some person at one point in time just showed you love and told you that God is real, God is good, and did the gospel with you. They probably did a prayer. They probably just, they gave you a glimpse of what God is. So we've been living through their faith to a certain moment this whole time. I noticed that I wasn't really seeing God as my God. I haven't seen like, like what, what Job said, now I've seen you with my eyes. I've been living through faith because I read this. It has to be true this. But my faith and my vision took a different way of looking at things now. I feel I'm really looking at God's eyes now and I'm like, now I've seen you. Now my pain, I can get through this because I see you and I know that this is not just, this is bigger. This pain is bigger. This pain is my calling card. This pain is my blessing. This pain is for my protection. Because think about this. And we said it as a hub a couple weeks ago. What if God answered your pain prayer and took it all away? I woke up yesterday and I said, you know what? I might be one of the nine lepers. Just think about that for a moment. What do I mean by that? What if God took everything away and I say I'll be back and I don't come back? You won't know until you put in that situation. Right now your, your, your church answer will be like, I'll come back like that one leper. Who got given a name because he's the one that came back. The one. He gave a name to him. His pain, and that was pain. Nose poly falling off. They were rejected. They were looked down against. They were called a curse. Their pain was called a curse. And it says that only one came back. But what if God takes away your pain right now that was meant for your protection and you become one of the nine? Was it worth losing your pain? I don't think so. Because if it means losing him, it wasn't worth it. Your pain is for your protection. Your pain is meant to walk different. This is why I say that. After finally reaching a place of blessing, a place of peace where I know God has revealed himself to me, a place where I can walk in confidence knowing that he's in control and that my pain has been for my protection, after Jacob's wrestling match, he set up an altar and he called it God, the God of Israel. To that very moment... He was only the God of his father and his grandfather. He wasn't Jacob's God. Because notice right there, he goes, God, the God of Israel, his new name. He built a memorial stone. If you're still missing the point, let me take this back a few passages before divine resting. He goes, Yahweh was standing there beside him saying, I am Yahweh, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. Notice anything there? He wasn't saying, I'm your God, because Jacob wasn't seeing him in, the, in those eyes yet. That wasn't Jacob's vision yet of who God was. Let's try another one. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, you told me, return to your land and to your relatives, and you promised me I will treat you kindly. If God the father of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac, had not been with me, Certainly, you know, you will have sent me off empty-handed. The common thread there is that he's been the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, but he was never Jacob's God. 
Because Jacob was always living through their legacy, their relationship. So our, how, can we pair our, how can we bear our pain if we were living through somebody else's faith? If we've been living through somebody else's relationship of who God is? We need the encounter. We need to have the face-to-face -face with God. We need to see him in his eyes. We need to see who he is in the author of our salvation, the author of our life, of our walk, to see why our pain is the way it is. And I wish, and in closing, I wish I can say, because I'm going to close it already. I wish I can say this. I wish I can say that your life will never, it will be all great afterwards, our pastor said. But one thing that I said about Jacob was that, remember his, his hip came out of his socket? Jacob walked with a limp for the rest of his life. That had to be painful. That had to be an, an arthritic hip. Right? So when you saw Jacob, you had to see there was pain in him when he was walking his daily life. Especially as he got older. And somebody today will be like, oh, he needs therapy. He needs to build the muscle around it so he can get stronger. And, 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 and you give it a diagnosis. But yet if he spoke to Israel afterwards with his limp, he can tell you, this is the best blessing I ever had in my life. Because it got me to a place where I knew who God is, not because of my prior father and my grandfather, but because of who God is and he revealed it to me that I know God is real. So maybe your pain for your protection is coming to a point where you're limping and you're walking, you're trying to survive, where God says, I'm real. Look into my eyes. The pain has been for your protection. It says afterwards that when Jacob is, uh, Israel is passing away, the name change. I want to honor that name change. He's speaking to his, uh, his, his children and his, and, and his grandchildren. And it starts going that he goes, you know, the God of my father, the God of my grandfather, but my God. And he acknowledged that God has never left him since the day he was born. God was always with him. In our pain sometimes, we can feel in this walk with, with our limp that we're far from him, that God wasn't in that. And that's a lie that the devil's trying to deceive you in, saying that you're alone, that you're cursed, that you're, that you're punished, that you're this. It's not that. We learn and we know that God's ways are not our ways. That, where do we know it? Let's not try to get more understanding to that because I don't think we're going to be able to grasp that to the, to the fullest of what that is. But it's that our pain is not in vain. Your pain is not an, is not is not an accident. Your pain is 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 your calling card in this life to embrace it, to walk with it. In the West, we feel that if you have all the money in the world, you have a house, you have a family, you have a health, you're good, right? That makes you a good person, Amando. I I I give a dollar to the guy in the streets. I'm a I'm a good person, right? that's wrong that's not what a successful person is you can look at the example what Christ was Christ didn't even have a pillow to put his head to sleep in the son of man doesn't even have a pillow to lay his head in but yet we want to live more comfortable than Christ we want to live without pain like Christ lived with pain we want to be Christians without the pain it's impossible to be a Christ like without pain it's impossible throw it, throw it away I'm not saying those things are not good Trust me, I wish I had them more than, than, than anything else. But if we're call, called to walk in our pain, to glorify him in our pain, to lift somebody else in our pain, yes, send me. Because we have th four now in Cuba who are seeing pain of years around them. When Cuba gets saved, when Cuba gets healed, Think about when they embrace that pain and they speak on it, what we went through and how God healed it. Not Santeria. Let's talk real. That pain now carries weight. People will listen. So when you speak about your pain and you, but you're seeing it and you embrace it with the right way, not because I hope this will go away, but nah, this is my pain. This is my walk. How God became my God and my pain, people will listen. People will have hope. People will change. That's what it's all about, right? So if my pain can bring you up, it was worth it. Because God will be like, you handle your pain right. You finish the walk with pain. And we go through many scripture how Paul said, pray three times for it to go away. Think about that. And, and 
Paul prayed the, prayed the first time, didn't hear anything from heaven. Paul prayed the second time, did not hear anything from heaven. But the third time he prayed, what did he, what did he get? My grace is sufficient for you. The third time. Paul prayed three times. If Paul believed in God and saw God with his own eyes, is the only way that he can have comfort in knowing that his grace was sufficient for him. So today I can tell you, his grace is sufficient for you. It might not be because you're not seeing God in the right eyes. You're not seeing pain in the right eyes. Your pain is still a burden. Don't let it be. Let it be your calling card. Amen? Are you all standing with me? For a prayer? Abba, we, we don't understand everything in our life, oh God. To be honest, we don't understand most of it, Lord, sometimes. But we want to get to a place where we know that it's not by accident, Lord. It's not because of one decision, oh God. It's not because we're cursed, Lord, but it's rather because you love us so much and think so highly of us that you want us to carry this pain and carry this cross to glorify you, oh God. To the point that you think so highly of us that you say, why not my child, my daughter to carry this pain? Because I am with them and they will see me and my glory through it. We pray that we get the religious stuff out of the way, Lord, and we just learn to see you in your eyes, oh Lord, like as your son and daughter, oh Lord. That we see in your eyes and we see hope and we see faith and we see life we see truth, we see our Father. We pray that our relationship, the vertical relationship, the relationship that we need to get established, get established right, Lord. That we embrace you as our daddy, oh God. That we can say that you're our Abba, Lord. And that we bask in you, Lord. Just pray to God right now. Let's sing, let's just sing and That we see him different. That we see him as who he is, our father, our God, that has our pain for our protection, has our pain for his glory. And that we don't necessarily have to live by somebody else's faith, but we can live by our own very faith today. Let's just take a couple minutes and pray to God.